Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Thesis Talks by OAE. Today we sit here with Michael and he's going to tell us about his thesis that he just handed in, I think a week ago, and he hasn't defended it yet. So this is going to be a little practice session. Yeah. Welcome. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah. So where should I start from? What is your thesis about? Maybe we start there. The topic. Um, the title. The title. Yeah. yeah. So the title is product meaning as metaphor, and it's about how professionals make sense of their work-related communications. Um, and maybe to frame this, I could talk a little bit about like how I got to making a thesis. Well, yeah, I think we had a course about one and a half years ago about innovation in general, and we had uh, we were introduced this concept of design-driven innovation in that course. Verganti, who has written this book, Design-Driven Innovation, he talks about how radical innovation is actually not uh, focused on the technological change itself, but it's about um, radically changing the meaning of the products. Maybe for people who haven't heard about this concept is that Take the competition between Microsoft, Sony, and and Nintendo in the uh, video console industry. Microsoft and Sony were developing consoles that were sold as loss leaders. They were um, filled filled in with expensive hardware that would run like really high graphics. Microsoft could somewhat compete with that, like with um, the graphics and those kind of things. But at that point, Nintendo couldn't. So what they instead did was think about like what is what is video gaming and what is um what is the essence of it and where does the fun sort of happen in that it happens in the real world right nintendo combined this sort of um idea of video games as play with um motion sensor technology what they basically did was they focused back to the room so uh, all of the fun would now happen in the room and they would do all of their branding and marketing of Nintendo Wii, which was the console, um, by filming people playing in the room. They wouldn't show the graphics or anything because the screen, which was traditionally the domain where all the fun happened, had become just like an indicator or an instrument of, of the play in the room. Uh, and they redefined what it means to play video games. So I was really um, intrigued by this idea. One of the central central concepts there in radical innovation was that if you want to create radical innovation, you need to change or create a change in product meanings. I started to look into the literature and and found out that like there's very little actual research on like how to find product meanings and understand like what are product meanings. And I had this notion that maybe if, if I'd want to create this, I think the first step is to really understand what are the meanings in the landscape you want to, mm. you know, work in and perhaps take meanings from other contexts. So look at it very broadly. Yeah. So that's like how I got interested in that. And at the same time, which is an ongoing issue, I, I have trouble with understanding things like Slack or things like messaging, because I think they're a huge distraction like I had a hunch that there is something there that if if I would go in and sort of try to map all the meanings within I mean it's pretty like I can't do all of them but if I could map like meanings within that landscape I could create a better understanding of 
how should communication in work be changed? And then uh, what I started to do is is try to figure out like how how do I actually extract meanings? How do I find meanings? Until I, I read about this guy George Lakoff, who in the ni- 1980s uh, wrote a book, The Metaphors We Live By. And his main argument is that meanings are actually embedded in the language we use. The metaphors that we use, the analogies, the figures of speech that we use, actually tell very much about uh, what these things mean to us and how we make sense of them. So it's a method for us to sort of make sense. Of... Wait, can you say that again? So uh, you take one one idea or one concept that you want to mm. explain and you explain it in the terms of another. So mm. a traditional example from, from that book is seeing argument as war. So if you have an argument with somebody, you might say that, hey, I stood my ground in the argument when you talk about it later on. And where does the metaphor, the figure of speech, stand your ground come from? It comes mm. from the context of battle. And what that tells us is that, at least in Western thinking, we see argumentation as something that you win, you lose, or you tie. Instead of seeing argumentation, for example, as something where you can gain perspective or learn. Um, But just the fact that we use the language in that way makes it harder for Western cultures, for example, to have a constructive dialogue instead of thinking, Like, let's have an argument club and, you know, let's beat each other up and try to be the best. You know, that's the whole thing in high school. You had these arguments. So, like, using that notion of thinking of metaphors, what I did was I interviewed professionals talking about the communication mediums that they use from email to um, to phone calls, to video calls or video conferences, uh, to messaging and face-to-face meetings Mm -hmm. and try to get them to express in a colorful language. Um, Sometimes I needed to use prompts or probes sort of to make them think of like, what if, you know, what if email was like a color, what would it be? And then ask like, why, you know, why, why do you think that it's yellow? Well, Mm -hmm. because I think it's happy. Like, I don't know who thinks email is happy, but, (laughs) but you know, you get the point. So, what I noticed was that actually it's quite it's quite easy to get like a lot of different analogies and a lot of different metaphors. And on average, I got like 100 to 150 per interview. And what is one analogy, for example? For example, um, email as a hierarchy. Okay. Or so, email as green. Yeah. So I would okay. think in the framework of, you know, phone calls as walking, mm-hmm. you know, or... Um, I don't know, phone calls as a, as a road trip. No, so for when you say you use these analogies and you use a vehicle, like modes of transportation mm. or colors, what framework or background knowledge did you come with them? Because did you say, okay, yellow means this? Or did you come with this? Like, was there a shared understanding that yellow mm-hmm. means optimism and green means hope or and so, car means movement or whatever? So in... In um, Lakoff's theory, there's like, there's these universal metaphors as well, kind of like up is good, down is bad, you know, these kind of things. However, what I, I didn't want to make that. And I, I thought of the, um, asking the questions more of as a starter, 
to go into okay yellow so why do you say yellow you know because, because it's, it's bright situated in their understanding yeah it's more mostly there but of course there's my interpretation in the very end as well and some of the cues that like they make when they're talking about them i could interpret whether they were very excited about like what they were talking about or whether whether they thought that that was maybe like a negative thing that could have maybe the only the anal- uh, analogy would have not sort of transferred that so if i had for example sent a quiz to everybody like how do you know like maybe they hate yellow you know how do you know um maybe they think yellow is like pee or something so so there's there's so many different like contexts that people have but i think it um uh, i would after the questions ask like multiple rounds of okay like why do you say that why do you say that why do you just like trying to get them to a more and more abstract level in in their sort of explanation and how what was the um, the the results kind of 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 this interviewing and of these uh, amounts of analogies um did you make metaphors for each of the communication channels that was a, like a bit of a challenge i organized all of the analogies into into like a table and then i started um i went through each and every one of them and categorized them in three different categories um or categorized them in in sort of or coded them in three different sort of aspects and one of them was like the sentiment that they were expressing this with uh was it like enthusiastic sentiment or was it like very negative sentiment after that i looked at how um like i just tried to look at the metaphors themselves and is there something that you know connects them and create these sort of meaning units which were kind of abstractions of a group of let's say 10 or 15 metaphors the meaning unit itself would be a metaphor that would sort of represent all of those analogies and an example would be like seeing face to face as humanity so those were supposed to sort of represent the product meanings themselves i think it was a useful exercise for me to figure out like what are the sort of general meaning units these things pile up to but the thing that makes them powerful is that um they're kind of like connected if you try to build a product that better replicates the movement aspect or one of the product meanings or meaning units for phone calls was movement if you would try to replicate some of that you could take those analogies and sort of go in whatever direction but they're still connected there's a narrative that connects them to um to the real thing you know like one other thing with products that really change the world and service that services that change the world is it's not just something that comes and everybody starts using it like it feels familiar you see, you're you're suddenly like this is the way it's supposed to be intuitive yeah intuitive and mm. and it felt like not only intuitive but familiar mm. in the case of the iPhone they were like first time they were talking about a smartphone as your people your music and your internet in your pocket everything about the product supports those notions it's nothing more it's those things that you want in your pocket are suddenly in your pocket or with nintendo you know suddenly it's like obvious nintendo Wii is about playing everybody gets it you know it's fun an 80 year old can feel like they're 
you know, swinging the tennis racket when they were 20. But it's just like happening in their living room with their grandkids. Product meanings that work are connected to something real. And that's when uh, it's not only about the product, it's about like how you market it, how you brand it. It's the whole thing. Well, is, is that kind of the conclusion of your master thesis and of your research? Or I guess the conclusion is that uh, we can use like metaphors as a method to uh, find out product meanings. And another conclusion maybe is that is that you can sort of gain a very broad understanding of the field you are working in if you find out product or sort of try to try to find the more intangible things that people think about the products they use. I don't know, but I suspect that it would be good for um, designers to use this kind of data but I think they would have to be involved in the creation of the data. So it's not just something that, hey, like, here is like a bunch of data about your, you know, the meanings in your industry. And then just like give a Excel with 2000 metaphors. Like, it's not going to work like that. They need to get it. And for them to get it, they need to somehow be involved in the process of finding those things out. But I think it's just one part of creating capabilities for radical you know radically innovating and creating these changes in meanings the thing that crossed my mind about it was that if you think of a traditional graphical graphical designer what they're basically creating is shapes you know they draw illustrations user interfaces etc and how could they do they, they they do that if if they didn't see shapes so if you think of an entrepreneur manager or a designer who is trying to create new meanings how could they do that if they don't see the meanings that are there mm-hmm. because just coming back to your little story at the beginning why you were so interested in it and that messenger for example didn't really work for you and you didn't really know why yeah. did you find out anything about that through your research well, I found people who felt the same. <laughs> and why? What's the what's the meaning of messenger? Um, I don't know. I mean, like people feel that it's disorienting and that messaging in general is like linkifying communications. And we're suddenly doing, having so many channels where we're sending like bite-sized things that we're getting worse at each of them. And, and I, I think, I mean, that resonated with me. I'm not like somebody might love the informality of Slack. And that's what I also found out. On the other hand, what I found out was that video conferencing made some people feel like, feel more free because suddenly they could work from home if they wanted to. Yes. So then we uh, probably need to incrementally, no, not incrementally, radically yeah. innovate Messenger. Maybe. Yeah, maybe or get maybe. rid of it. <laughs> get rid of it. Yeah. No, I, I think I think there's um, it's a very interesting discussion and that could go on for ages. <laughs> what could be done about it? And a bunch of things, you know, emerge from this data that what could be done about it. But there is like 970 of them. So there probably needs to be future research. To, yeah, for to, sure. To guide the, like the how right could this be best used? Yeah. You know, like how you have this. Yeah, you have this understanding, like, how do you make organizations actually use this? Mm. And, and like, 
who do you need to involve in the process to make them use this how does it need to be presented to engage the right people it doesn't need to be radical per se it's just like have you managed to change meanings of how people perceive the products fundamentally just the knowledge about the meanings is valuable in general of course to to understand your space better like i'm interested in this because i think in order to fix a lot of the problems that we have with society and with humanity nowadays we need to create innovations that make sense for people so yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah so yeah so yeah That's super interesting yeah. Thank, thank you so much yes for, for joining us yeah thank you for having me and lightning yeah for the events next week yeah, yeah i have it next week so thanks for the practice run <laughs> <You're welcome. laughs> yeah